0: Welcome back to another episode of the Moms Who Money podcast. Today, we're talking about how bankruptcy is humiliating, but before we do, I want to celebrate one of my clients, Tiffany. I'm so proud of her. She came to me after finding me on Instagram and DM'd me. We chatted a bit back and forth, and she booked a consultation, and we spoke about where she was stuck with her money and what her goals are, and how I could help her get there. And she was so nervous when she made the decision to go all in on herself. But we have been working on her money mindset and strengthening her understanding of how she gets to tell her money what to do. And I love her boxer messages because she leaves me these messages with all of the clarity that she now has towards her money. And she understands now how to fully fund her crisis fund and how it's so important so that she doesn't fall deeper into debt. And she was equally surprised at how using her human design is helping her navigate all the issues that are coming up with her ex-husband. It's really amazing at how simply just knowing yourself on a much deeper level and going inward can really bring out your superpowers. It's so much fun helping Tiffany reach her goals and just watching her transform right before my eyes. And you can do this too. Just simply go to my website momswho.money.com and book your consultation. Your dreams can really become your reality and I'm going to help you get there. Today I really want to share with you all about my bankruptcy. I had so much shame and so much embarrassment around it for so long. It was it's really too long that I did. And You know what? It's just so amazing how our society makes us feel like we can't talk about money. And too many people are just falling apart financially. And, you know, you feel like you have to face it alone. Like there's just no one to talk to, nowhere to turn, nowhere to run, no one to trust with, you know, your precious information. Just the shame, embarrassment, anxiety, and the guilt are just all too real because of all those feelings. And those feelings that you just keep telling yourself that money is too hard. So you don't learn about money in school, so you just flounder around living in the moment, spending all of your money. And then while you're spending all of your money, you're just not ever thinking about your future. I know this because this was me. (laughs) I learned about money the same way you did from your parents and your environment growing up, right? My mom is a spender and my dad had a gambling addiction. Plus he sunk every dime that he had into his business. So all I saw was money being spent and never ever having enough. They were living on loans and credit cards and they were just, that's really just how I learned to spend my money. Never hearing much about saving for anything especially my future, always just living in the moment and paychecks being spent before you even get it. So of course I ended up in bankruptcy, just like my dad. If you haven't listened to the money story episode, go back to episode number three, so you can figure out your own money story. Anyway, not only was I a spender, so was my ex-husband. And the second he would get money, it would be gone his parents are very frugal, and when he was growing up, he always heard, no, you can't have that, or we don't have the money, or something like that, some kind of version of no. So when he started working, he just started spending it all. So what do you think about when two spenders come together? It's basically It's basically a recipe for financial disaster. <laughs> That's what it is. So you already know that I felt for bankruptcy and I want to share with you how it happened and how it shaped my money management now because it's pretty mind-blowing. It all started when my ex and I, we both lost our jobs at the exact same time. It was crazy and we continued to live as if we didn't lose our jobs. We used our credit cards and that's how we lived, right? So. We both had pretty high limits on our cards. Like one of my cards had a $30,000 limit and they all had high limits and high interest, of course, you know, which I ignored. And we both easily maxed out our cards and then we were just living on the edge of our limits at that point. And so we both decided to then start businesses at that point. I went, <laughs> you know, businesses can also have high expenses. We were just barely making it at that point. We both had no idea how to effectively run a business and we just kept spending, really just more than we were bringing in. And then the collection started. The relentless phone calls from creditors and collection agencies. A collection agency even called my mom looking for me. I was so embarrassed. Have you ever had this happen to you? I mean, it's really not a good feeling. We tried to ignore it for a while, and it just kept getting worse. So I went and I got a book about getting out of debt. And one of the suggestions in the book was to call your creditors and ask them to settle with you for a smaller amount than you actually owe. And if you do this and they agree, then they'll close your account, basically so that you can't rack up any more debt. And then there's just, you know, no more credit line for you. And what you need to remember about credit is that credit is not money that you have. It's not cash in the bank. It's money available to you as a loan with an extremely high interest rate that you use to borrow the money, right? So this is the part that most people don't really understand. Credit does not equal cash. Credit is not your money. You are borrowing it and you have to pay a penalty which is a stupid high interest rate and if you don't, you know, if you don't pay it back all at once, right? If you don't pay it back all right away. So I ended up calling every single one of my creditors, all of them. And they all told me that I owed too much and I would not be able to settle because I didn't have the cash to pay them. And every single one of them recommended filing for bankruptcy. I was shocked. I mean, that had never entered my mind. Not like not once. Bankruptcy for me? No way. No, hell no. That's too embarrassing. And then I just like I had this thought. I had this thought. Only losers file for bankruptcy. And I just kept saying that over in my head. And I was frozen, you know, like a deer in headlights. Like there was nothing that I could do to get us out of this debt. And I was the only one that was really concerned about it at this point. So I had a conversation about it with my husband at the time, and we both agreed to make an appointment with a bankruptcy attorney. And she was a lovely woman who helped us really understand the process, and she held our hands the entire way. She was awesome. It was so much paperwork. Oh my God, the paperwork. It was such a ton And it felt so invasive and and embarrassing. I was just so embarrassed and shameful. I was really feeling just like a loser. I really was. And we were so afraid that we were going to lose our house and our cars. We had no idea what we were in for, you know, because you don't know. All the stories that I'd ever heard about people filing for bankruptcy and just losing everything, and it just made me so nervous. So the good news was that we were able to keep our house. And I had the choice to either keep my car or surrender it. And I loved my car. I couldn't afford my car. My car? Oh my I bought my dream car at the time. I couldn't even afford it. But I wanted it so bad. I had a Volkswagen Beetle convertible in Salsa Red. It had all the options, everything. It had a black leather interior. It, the lights were cool. It had heated seats. The radio was amazing. I just loved this car. It was amazing. And I had gotten the worst deal on it. And I had no idea at the time. No idea at all. I had no idea how to buy a car. I didn't know anything about buying a car. They told me how much it was. They said, this is your loan. This is your interest rate. I said, okay, where do I sign? The worst deal ever. My payment for the car. Just the car not including insurance, was $600 a month. (laughs) What? No way. I paid that. I did everything I could in my power to pay that. And those car dealers, they could give a crap if you can afford it or not. They don't care. They just want to sell you a car. And it's really amazing that I was really able to pay for it up until that point. Because of all the other things I was buying, I was just spending crazy amounts of money. I was making really good money before I lost my job and I was just spending it all. It was all just going away. So I really decided, I sat with myself and I said, you know, it would really be in my best interest to really surrender the car because I couldn't afford it. So I had the chance. I had the chance to just get rid of the payment. So I did. And now I had to find a way to get another car without purchasing one through a dealer because now I can't because I have a bankruptcy. And it also showed that my car was uh, repossessed. So it said voluntary repossession on my credit report after that point. So we completed all the paperwork. I gave my car back. We had so many appointments and faxing paperwork. yes faxing. I said faxing. (laughs) These companies would only accept faxes. And then I would have to call them to see if they got my fax. And then it was just awful. It was so annoying. (laughs) I swear it was crazy. It finally came time for our court date. And we were both so nervous. And again, feeling so much shame. And we got to the courthouse. It was packed. I was shocked. I really, it was, I, it looked like a really popular restaurant that everyone loved with a line out the door. That's what the courthouse was like. It was insane. It was a packed house. There were so many people there. It was so overwhelming. I really could not believe that there were so many people in the same boat. <laughs> that boat was definitely at max capacity. <laughs> so we met our attorney and she hugged us and made us feel calm. And she was, she was just such a lovely woman. We went into the room, and we'd have to speak with the bankruptcy trustee. And we didn't have to go in front of an actual judge, and we would have to just talk to the trustee, who is a person appointed by the court, and that handles bankruptcy details. So the judge doesn't actually do it. So the trustee determines whether or not your bankruptcy will be approved. And then they're in charge of selling your assets, if there are any to sell. So, we walked into the room. I thought that it would just be us and the trustee. Well, no, it was not. It was a room that was filled with chairs that were lined up all around the room. So, if you picture the room, like a square, and all around the outside perimeter of the room are chairs just packed next to each other all the way around the perimeter of the room. And then in the middle of the room was a table with the trustee. Oh my goodness. So this room was completely full. Every chair was taken and there was nowhere for us to sit. So we had to wait in the hall. And at one point our attorney came over to us and said that some of our creditors had sent representatives to see if they could get any money out of us before our debut. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. It just I just felt so scared. I was scared, literally just scared and anxious the whole time. And we finally were able to get a seat, and we just sat there and waited our turn, and we were watching the action in the middle of the room. Those poor people, one after another, being humiliated in front of the other people in the room. The trustee basically asked the same questions of everyone, very personal questions about your life, your family, your finances, everything. Most people were just really looking down at the floor because they were all embarrassed and didn't want to, you know, catch eyes with anybody else in the room, right? And at one point, I I started freaking out. I felt like I was going to have a panic attack. And I felt tears welling up in my eyes. And I just really thought that I would just start sobbing. I really never, ever want to go through that experience ever again. I'm never going to. Because I've set up a plan for myself and my family so that it will not happen again. I have no fear that it will ever happen. And you can do that too. I can help you to ensure that you don't spend your way to bankruptcy as well. I will show you how to easily shift your spending so that you'll only spend money on the things that you really care about and save the rest. So it was our turn. We had to go to the middle of the room. It felt like there were literal spotlights on us. I felt hot and cold at the same time. I was sweating and I was shivering. It was like like I had the flu, you know, that feeling. And I was fighting back tears the whole time and just trying to be strong and confident all at the same time. It was awful. It was all just a blur. Now that I, I look back on it, it was a blur. He asked us so many questions and it felt like All of the people were just watching us and judging us. I felt like eyes were just peering through the back of my head. I really felt like such a loser. And all of the feelings of shame, anxiety, guilt, embarrassment, and humiliation just all came rushing in. And I couldn't hold it all the way back. And then I felt a tear. I felt this single tear fall down my cheek. And then another And I just remember blinking a million times to fight back the tears. It was so awful. And the trustee granted our bankruptcy and he let us keep the house. We ended up doing a chapter seven bankruptcy versus a chapter 13. And there are many differences, but the biggest one between the two is that with chapter seven, you don't have to pay anything back. All of your debt is just wiped clean. And with a 13, a chapter 13, you create a settlement with your creditors and you have to pay it back over a set period of time. So we were granted the bankruptcy and I borrowed money from someone to buy a used car and I paid them back. And that was actually the car that my son and I got into the accident with that totaled my car and sent us to the hospital. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I'm still dealing from the, um, the injury, the neck injury that I got from that accident. It's crazy. It really is. It's unreal. And I then learned how to live on just cash instead of credit cards. And that was the biggest lesson that I got because I realized that I made enough money to live on cash and I didn't need to use my credit cards. And I was just buying things just to buy things And I didn't have to. I didn't need to. I didn't even need that stuff. So I learned how to live on the cash, right? So once it was gone, it was gone. And I learned to live within my means, which simply means you learn to live on what's coming in and only on what's coming in instead of what's coming in and then I have my credit cards to back me up, right? And that's the problem, the credit cards. So... At that point, I couldn't overspend even if I wanted to. And that was my biggest lesson. And then I was really able to understand my money just so much better and so much deeper. And it was really one of the ways that I learned how to tell my money what to do. Right. And that's how I teach you how to tell your money what to do, because you always need to tell your money what to do to be successful with your money and taking control over your own cash is one of the most empowering things that you can do for you and your family. Don't spend your way to bankruptcy. Go all in on yourself and empower yourself with a financial education. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, Please share on your social media and tag me at Eileen Coach so I can see which episodes you're loving. The only way this podcast grows is by you sharing it. Please rate, review, and subscribe down below. See you next week.